Good morning, cricket fans, and welcome to the Catch It podcast. Oh, what a catch! I'm Andrew Lush, and I started this podcast to have some interesting and insightful conversations about analytics and the stats behind the action, and to develop myself as a presenter. I hope you enjoy our discussions and debates. That is an absolutely outstanding catch. On this episode, I'm joined by Jack Fox, formerly known on Twitter as Cricket Pig. Jack has appeared on the Cricket Podcast and also has written articles for the Scouting Cricket Magazine. He has an extensive knowledge on T20 cricket and the franchise circuit. We chatted at length about some of our young guns and game changers for the new franchise competition in South Africa, the SA20. Welcome, Jack Fox, to the Catch It Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, Absolutely. It's been a nice day. <laughs> Brilliant. Have you got excited about building up to so much cricket in January and especially what we're talking about today, the SA20? Yeah, it was a nice little lull over Christmas to kind of like take a bit of a break from from most of the cricket. Now it's sort of uh, full speed ahead, isn't it? I mean, what, four or five tournaments leading up to it and then an IPL as well in a few months' time. So Absolutely. We've got international T20 cricket. We've got franchise T20 cricket. We've got it all in January, January and February. The rain might be coming down on us in England, but the action in the southern hemisphere and around the world is just heating up with t20 cricket today we're gonna we're gonna first jump in straight in with our young guns jack's gonna chat about one of his young guns that we've got and then we're gonna go into a young gun that i've selected so jack who have you brought to us today who is your young gun that we're we're gonna chat about for a bit for the sa20 so i've gone for gerald kutsia from the joeberg super kings mm-hmm. uh so kutsia is kind of like a tall strong right arm seamer kind of in the sort of i don't know physical model someone like nil sort of maybe like at six foot slightly over and very sort of strong through the shoulders mm-hmm. uh he's only young he's 22 but he's got quite a bit of experience behind him he's played for staff Gray quite a bit and done very well mm-hmm. uh, he played 20 times for staff under 19s across four years so obviously if you play under 19s cricket for four years you've got to start at about 16 so you're clearly kind of an early He's got early he's got early development there in terms of his actual progression through the South Africa system. So he's been around that young system as well. Yeah, exactly. So he's young, but he has played a quite a bit of cricket, I think, by the standards of South African domestic cricket and has been in the system for mm. you know probably what six, seven years now almost, which is quite mad. Wow. Um but yeah, in terms of his skill set, he's primarily a, a bowler, fast bowler, like I said, and can also sort of hit a bit. So with his bowling, what you're looking at really is a guy who bowls through the middle at the death. Okay. His, kind of, his natural length is very much back of a length, but you'll see a lot of his wickets where they're kind of angling into the right hand as back of a length. He gets extra bounce, top edges, that's his kind of wicket-taking options. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he bowls full, he looks a little bit floaty at times. Um, so he definitely putting that length back is kind of better out of the power play and that's like clear effect in his stats mm. um where you see he just takes wickets throughout the innings essentially out of the power play um is so, his, in that middle phase is his go-to kind of variation to bang it in short and try to really hit up above the batter's rib cage yeah so it, it's kind of a normal sort of back of length ball then the change up normally is the short ball um the shorter even shorter ball he has got a kind of what looks like a bit of a knuckleball, slower ball, okay. but from what I've seen of it, it kind of looks like it sort of floats out a bit and it's not the most effective slower ball I've, I've kind of seen. Something that potentially he can work on in, in the next couple, in the coming up years as he gets progression and experience in T20. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just look at his action. He's got decent arm speed, 
can get decent bounce. I mean, even just to be banged in a few off cutters would probably be perhaps a better option or a pretty good option. Mm. No, absolutely. So where does he play his cricket in domestically? So he's played for South Africa under 19s. What franchise or what kind of level has he played for domestically in South Africa? Yes, yeah, so he plays for the Knights in South Africa and he's had a really good year for them this year in T20s. So in the CSA T20 Challenge, which is like the you know the domestic competition over there, the equivalent of the Blast in the UK, essentially. Yeah. Um, he's had, had a great year. So his overall, like I mentioned, he's really a strike bowler. His, his economy is pretty good, but not outstanding for the tournament. But what is outstanding is his, his strike rate with the ball. So the number of balls per wicket, essentially, when he's bowling. Yeah. Um, and he's got a bowling strike rate of 10.7 uh, this year in the, T- the T20 Challenge. So he's taking a wicket less than every two overs, essentially. Um, so he's constantly breaking partnerships. Um, and you constantly can see that more- keeping, constantly keeping that pressure on opposition to not get that flow, nice flow from that middle phase to where they want to be kicking on at the death. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the sort of skill that I feel like can will be even more valuable at a higher standard where you have more, you know, really exceptional batters coming in for whom often the only option is to get them out, you know. So I think at this kind of slightly higher level that would be seven well. Um this wicket taking as well continues it's through the middle but also at the death. So here's his economy at the death this year in the TSA to change challenge is 8.6, which is you know good, but very good, um, without being kind of exceptional. But you know, anything below nine, any standard cricket is very good. But his bowling average is 9.8, which is obviously insane how good that is. Yeah. How many overs does he normally bowl in that kind of death period? He normally looks like two. So it's often two in the middle, two at the death. He rarely actually really bowls in the power play. Okay. Yeah, so I think looking at kind of that distribution where his economy isn't the lowest, but his um, average is amazing at death, he sort of strikes me as maybe like a 17 over, 17 over, 19 over bowler, because in that sort of 17th over, the, the value of dismissing a batter is still there. Yeah, yeah. The last, because they've still got you know, three plus overs to do damage, whereas you know if you're bowling the 20th, wickets are kind of, they're only really just dots. They're, if you don't have any yeah, value absolutely. in themselves as such. So I could definitely see him as a guy who bowls, say, like, you know, 13, 15, 17, 19, or something like that, almost straight through the middle. Hmm. Um, but yeah, he looks like a real prospect. And I don't imagine this, but he's got good pace. He can hit 90 miles an hour. So, you know, against kind of those guys you sometimes get where, you know, he was pretty unlikely to concede runs to kind of number nines and tens that come in and just swing because he won't be, won't be pitching it up. They won't be able to get their bats for it in the same way. They won't be able to get like a nice full delivery that he can swing. He can bring back that length and make things really hard for those lower order batters. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you could probably argue that someone like Kane Richardson is a better death bowler than Kutsia. But if you ask number 10, who would they rather face the death? They're definitely facing Richardson because they're just worried about getting hit, essentially, aren't they? When you have that scary fast bowler, kind of tall, broad, and you know he's going to dig it into you. It sometimes can go wrong, but it, it's it's hard facing, I can imagine. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, just to kind of add to that, looking at his numbers as well, he's pretty much equally good to left and right handers, mm. um, which is, you know, quite useful, especially for younger bowls. He bowl quickly, sometimes their radar can go. Uh, to right handers, he sort of pushes it in with bounce. So it's he's hitting the splice to the bat, cramping guys up. Uh, and with against left handers, he generally comes around the wicket and just has that natural, nice angle where he can kind of push it in and get a tiny bit of nibble away, kind of mm. less pronounced, but similar to when you see someone like Stuart Broad around the wicket, where he just naturally yeah. seems to kind of dip it in and hoop it away from the left-handers. Right, an in- interesting player then. So he's playing for the Joburg Super Kings in the SA20, captained by Faf Duplessis. Who do you think is going to be bowling in partnerships with him in that middle phase and then into that death team, looking at that squad? 
Well, it's quite an interesting one because looking at their their bowling lineup, so they've got uh, Nandra Berger, who's a left arm seamer, very good, very good with the new ball and through the middle. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then they've got um, probably because obviously their overseas bounce could change. You've got Romario yes. Shepherd, who you're looking at probably um, power play, maybe the middle. You don't want to put him anywhere near the death. And then um, yeah. Al- Azari Joseph, who will probably go at the death with Kutsia, and then Tikshana, who is again power play in the middle. So. Assuming you're probably going to see a fair bit of Shepard, Berger and Tikshana uh, in the power play and then through the middle. So I'd say you could see a probably, if you've got what, six, six in the power play, four at the death. So that middle 10, I could imagine being something like two for Kutsia, uh two for Berger, two for Tikshana, two for Shepard and two for Joseph, something like that. Like almost every bowler having I'll two say, in the middle. I'd say T20 cricket, it yeah. does change. You can. It's hard to predict what, what's going to happen in a game in terms of exactly who's going to bowl when. But because the game does change and requirements do change. But it's it's interesting to see him bowling with the, the big West Indian, Azari Joseph. I say another exciting kind of youngish player. So great to see two strong, tall, fast bowlers coming in and hitting the deck hard in South African T20 cricket. Yeah, definitely. I think those two will be the two that bowl in tandem at the death. Yeah. Um, I think Kinsia will have a lot of responsibility because, like I was saying, you know, obviously Tick Shana is a spinner, not really a death bowler. Shepard, not really a death bowler. Berger, not really a death bowler. So he will, I think, be nailed on 4 2 at the death. Um, So you'll get to see him sort of hone his skills there. And I'd I'd be very surprised if he's not bowling out pretty much every game, to be honest. Mm. That's that's one of the things I think is so exciting for this SA20 is because that South African cricket has really been crying out for potentially a franchise competition to really show off their youngsters and show off these young talented cricketers that haven't had the exposure that South African cricket has given them in the past or because they haven't broken through to the international level or to the franchise circuits. Do you think that the SAT20 is going to provide that platform? I can't remember who said it, but what, but a, um, one of the captains said that this tournament is going to create domestic stars. And we all know how valuable domestic cricketers and good domestic cricketers are in winning these franchise tournaments. Yeah, definitely. I think it's really going to showcase these players and sort of set them up you know, by showing how they can play against higher quality cricketers, essentially. I mean, especially if you look at South Africa, you know, blessed with quite a lot of good fast bowlers. And they play on tracks that favour fast bowlers. Mm. But, he, you know, in this competition, you'll get to see him bowl to some really good death hitters and you know there aren't that many exceptional death hitters in South Africa so he'll be retested against you know these top end players that come in to hit at death mm. um interestingly he has a little bit of exposure he actually called up he was called up as an injury replacement for Registrar Royals last year in the IPL okay um almost it felt like almost as a slight net bowler type scenario after an injury so he's being looked at a little bit but this yeah be a good platform to him to really show his skills and I think that he looks like a sort of bowler with his pace and his kind of like back of bowling. There will be days where, you know, someone chimmies inside the line and bits him out at <laughs> the stadium a couple of times. But equally, I think you'll see games where someone will be coming into the death, you know, well set and looking like they're going to chase it down. He'll just like blow them away. And that's what that's kind of trick you get with high pace, isn't it? But he looks, yeah, very exciting. Absolutely. It's a T20 is, is very much kind of a game of high stakes poker. And sometimes it's get with a young gun with a lot of great attributes sometimes it's going to go wrong. So we've talked about how Kutsir has this incredible attribute and this incredible skill set as a young fast bowler. Does he offer in any other roles in the team? 
Yeah, so the last thing I wanted to mention was his batting. So he has a very, very low average um, in terms of in terms of his batting in T20. So he really at the moment isn't someone consistent, but he has shown some hitting prowess. So okay. he's got he's got a boundary percentage of eighteen point five percent, a six percentage of nineteen point three percent. So these are kind of similar numbers you're seeing with someone like um, Stubbs this year overall for the whole year, for example, or that we're going to talk about later, Delon Ferreira, but obviously on a, on a much lower sample of balls per dismissal. Yeah, um, absolutely. But equally, has to be able to hit those boundaries. And to be honest with you, if you're coming in eight or nine or T20 to get inside, and especially a, a decently organised one, you may only face four or five balls a game on average. So if you can score, you know, eight or four even, um, you know, with a couple of boundaries, that's you know, invaluable. I think it's a skill that he could develop over time. And with to be honest with, you, with better results teams that have the time and the resources to actually you know, try and teach their false balls to hit, he could be one of these guys that does kick on a bit and provide just a little bit of value, maybe like a kind of Joffre Archer does in terms of just pure slogging value at the end of innings. Yeah, he has that ability to turn those two balls, which potentially another bowler wouldn't be able and just turn into rotation runs to get another batter on strike, to actually look for the fences and clear, clear the front leg and try hit valuable runs, which I think, obviously, we talk about a small sa- sample size, and so take it with a pinch of salt. There's still in, an interesting insight and an interesting piece of analysis there from you, Jack, to see that there might be a little glimmering in terms of a, a lower or a boundary hitter. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we'll see how he develops. It may be just be a bit of a flash in the pan, but I think yeah. um, he definitely has shown something. And you you always want to... I mean, these, to honestly, everyone who plays professional cricket is coordinated to some extent, right? Yes. And if, and it, and if you're just a big guy with a decent eye, there's no real reason why you can't be at least competent at hitting because you've got the power and you've got the natural kind of you know, sporty coordination. So I think it could be someone who could, whilst probably never being an all-rounder, could be someone who could just provide a little bit of value to Benjamin Innings. Absolutely. A great insight. I'm really interesting to see. If we just see a little bit glimmering to see if there's some interest in progressing him as a boundary hitter in that if, if it's just a little technical work or we just see a couple of flash as you said flash in the pan innings that really kind of see if that's going to progress in his game to a next level it might be the difference in him going in a future ipl auction learning that little bit extra skill and being able to say right give me five balls i'm probably going to put two of them to the rope and I'm going to come away with not a below 100 strike rate. I'm very excited. Thank you very much for giving that very in-depth analysis on Gerald Kutzer. So we're going to move on to the young gun that I've brought to the table. And that is Tristan Stubbs. Now, I can't deny I'm a bit biased because he did play for the Manchester Originals in this year's edition of the 100. But I think he's exciting for someone so early he's in his early 20s he's just explosive in that lower middle order he mainly bats from fourth to sixth and his batting average his batting strike rates get better when they're in that fifth sixth and going in that lower middle order he sold at the sa20 auction for 9.2 million ran which the equivalent of 454,000 pounds. So an incredible sell to the Sunrisers Eastern Cape. Now, Stubbs has been in hot form in the 50 over comp, where he's averaged, very different to T20, obviously, you've got more time to bat, but he's averaged 60 at a strike rate of just under a runner ball at 97 with two 50s and one obliteratingly fast 100 in seven innings have you seen much of tristan stubbs in your research and just looking at him in general and his t20 career 
yeah, so I've seen a bit of him all sort of live. He looks like a guy, you know, typical youngish player these days, fast hands, good athlete. Mm. Um, so he, hit, he hits a hits a long ball as well, which is a bit, a bit of a cliche. Looking at here, he's you know this year in T20, he's strike rate of 161, very obviously very good, and a, a boundary percentage of about 19 percent or something like that. So yeah, he looks a a very good player. And I'd say to be honest with you, alongside Brevis, he's probably the one, the two players in the in the South African system that are just a bit too good for the quality of the bowling that they face. Essentially, they seem to be extremely extremely comfortable putting big runs and beginnings on. They absolutely gun it in the CSA T20. So they need the SA T20 to have the level just slowly risen and to see how they're going to be tested against these kind of international players, as well as the best of some South African week in, week out as this competition kind of progress. One of the things I did, as we've talked, as I've already talked about, he's just incredible in that low middle order. So he, in T20s in the last year, he's batted 22 times at the death and he has a run rate of 12 runs per over, hitting an incredible boundary percentage of 28%. So it's just what you need when you're kind of getting to those death overs. The bowling team is wanting to kind of close down your innings. He just explodes and absolutely ruins bowler's economies, averages, and really kicks on his team. So he'll be retained probably next year for the Sunrisers Eastern Cape. But do you think that he has the ability, Jack, to actually progress and be a real franchise name for this franchise? Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, he's a, a really, really good player. I mean, he looks like probably one of the sort of guess, five or six best batting prospects around his age group in the world, I would yeah. say. He's got he's retained, um, he's got an IPL contract, hasn't he, which you never don't, don't throw around easily. And I think, to be honest with you, he's got a really good opportunity. I think he's in a team that, you know, in some ways, Eastern Cape, but it might be slightly strangely balanced to win games, but it seems very well balanced to set up Trish and Stubbs to make loads of runs. Yes, absolutely. Just a quick look over of their batters. At the top order, we've got the overseas Adam Rossington. They're allowed four overseas in a starting 11. So you've got Rossington, you've got Irvie, and then also you've got JJ Smuts and Aidan Markram. So a lot of talent necessarily on the kind of older spectrum but a lot of t20 cricket under their belt and then the middle order it's very mixed you have tom abel from somerset and you have jordan cox from kent kind of progressing in their career but you wouldn't say well-known t20 faces around the circuit would you no not necessarily but they've got some really good options in terms of they, like you say they can play those four south africans up top like you said or they can play three of them maybe bring in james fuller and then you can move around Stubbs as much as you want. I mean, they've got the option to play him at four, say, and back Cox below. If they don't feel like it, they can back Cox at four and drop him down, or even drop him down to six, seven to finish. They've got this real, um, these real options to bring him in, kind of whenever they feel like they want to in the game. He and he can kind of play a fluid role and be enabled by other players who are basically not as good as him, but have you know good role clarity. No, absolutely. I think, I think exactly, Jack. I think he will play that fluid role. And I think when he's needed for that kick on in the death and they'll judge it who's actually kicking on in that period. I don't think they've announced their captain though. So that was an ongoing debate to people who will take that captaincy role and decide when are they going to put in Tristan Stubbs and when is he going to be explosive for this franchise? No, definitely. I mean, looking down their side, I'd be surprised if they don't go with Markram. There we go. I mean, you, you never <laughs> you, you know. Never, like, at time of recording, I did not know who the captain was, but if someone's listened to this, I bet you they will have gone for Markram. It's just the South African experience, the South African kind of, he knows the domestic game, he's a leader in that South African team, so 
most likely going for for Ada Markham for sure. Yeah. Just one as we finish off on Stubbs, I think I just want to quickly mention another SA young gun. Tristan Stubbs plays for the Warriors, and that's where he's played his domestic cricket. And I was just looking down the Warriors stats for the their 50 over comp and their T20 over comp, and I came across the name Jordan Herman, and I was and his nat his numbers just jumped out to me. So listen to this. So he's a young South African left-hander, and he's bat he was batting in the top kind of five. He signed for the Sunrises Eastern Cape. And he is just in red hot form at the moment, coming off that 50 over competition. In the he debuted this year as well in the 50 over and the CSA T20. He has a low strike rate overall in the CSA T20, but has a strong average. And from his seven innings, he's averaged 46.50 and with two fifties. Have you heard much of Jordan Herman? I don't know much about him actually. Interesting you say that very good average, slightly poor strike rate, but that that does tend to be kind of pattern for a lot of top order players in the CSA T20, if they're, unless they're kind of properly elite. Um, yeah. So yeah, this has potential. I mean, you think at a higher standard, maybe you can rely on the rest of the batting a bit more. It might be you say he's a left-hander. I'd better mm. encourage him to try and hit some left arm spin a bit more, get the average up to sort yeah. get a strike up a little bit, and there's something to work with there. I think. I mean, you don't. He obviously has good wicket preservation, complete play. So just maybe just sort of try and encourage him to take down his matchups and maybe give yeah. him a bit more insurance below him and that yeah, could, could bring kick on this season. No, 100%. It'd be, it'll be interesting to see. And two Warrior players that are going to really kind of define this Sunrise's Eastern Cape. So bring it all round, I think Tristan Stubbs will play a crucial role in elevating those Sunrise and Eastern Cape scores to really high scores from that middle over to the death period you'll play that fluid role and i think it's going to be really interesting one of the facts i did love about him is that he's been retained by the mumbai indians but he was only brought into the mumbai indians the year before as an injury replacement to timer mills so a very weird injury replacement for um, a fast bowler to then a lower order hitter and then he's been retained and he's kicked on so a pretty shrewd bit of business there from the Mumbai Indians to not let him go back into the IPL auction, where I think he would have raised a pretty high price. No, definitely. I mean, it feels it feels like you know, you feel sorry for Mills because someone he has an injury replacement every tournament, doesn't he? Pretty much. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Stubbs is the sort of player that, especially in India, where you know it's like that's Africa actually, where a lot of very technical top order players and not that many players who can just muscle it down the order that. Be able to play as a finisher, potentially bung a bit of matchup off spin as well. He'll yeah, he'll have he'll have work in the IPL, I would imagine, basically as long as he wants it, really. No, it'd be interesting to see how he progresses. Not in only the SA twenty, but in that IPL coming up after it later in the later in twenty twenty three. And potentially see if on the back of that he's he's playing in the hundred again. That concludes part one of my chat with Jack Fox on the SA twenty. In part two, we discuss our game changers of the tournament. See you there.